With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. To another edition of the RF Sports Radio Show. I'm your host, RF, and we got another power pack 30 minute episode for you guys. So, if you guys are listening out there, anywhere you're listening at, whether you're driving trucks across country, whether you're sitting at home, supposed to be working, but you're streaming us in between Zoom calls, make sure you tune in, tell a friend, and then, of course, give us a call at 516 387 1673. That's 516. 516- 387-1673. Join the conversation. Be a part of the show. We got a lot to talk about. We're going to get into Jim Mersey and the Colts. Talk a little college football, which we haven't done in a while. So the NFL talk with the Cowboys coming up. And, of course, we always talk about the NBA. Flying solo today, so you guys, uh, if you're listening, definitely give us a call. Call in join the show. Um, let's start kind of picking up a little bit where we left off. Last week, uh, when Royce was on the show, we were talking about the Mavs and their upcoming matchup with the Brooklyn Nets that Monday. Uh, we ended up going to that game and having a chance to not only watch a really, really good game, they had a crazy ending uh, to the game where uh, the Mavs basically blew another uh, blew, blew another lead in the fourth quarter. Brooklyn comes back, uh, comes down to really Kevin Durant being able to tie the game with free throws. A guy that has a 98% free throw percentage, I think he had hit 62 in a row before he clanked the second free throw on a uh, three-point attempt that we got fouled with seconds left. Um, and basically missing that free throw caused him to be down by one, and that's how he ended up losing the game. Um, they could have tied it up right then. Who knows? He may have been still playing that game the way things were going. Uh, if you guys missed uh, the post-game press conference we did with Kevin Durant, go to our YouTube page, type in RF Sports Radio. You can find the actual press conference after the game with Kevin Durant. Uh, we posted that there. Or go to our website at rfsportsradio.com, and you can get the post-game show there too. But it was a good game, and, you know, we talked a lot about Brooklyn Nets and some of the problems they've had this season. Kyrie, Kevin Durant running out, firing of Steve Nash, the rumor of Ime Doka maybe joining them, which I'm glad to report that hasn't happened. But, you know, one of the things we talked about was how was Kevin Durant feeling through all this ordeal. And I'll be honest with you, even though they lost the game on Monday, uh, Kevin didn't look like he – it was weighing on him too much, honestly. Like he's having a lot of fun out there playing basketball. Uh, he led the Nets in points, but he was had a quiet first first half where he was actually passing the ball, and the ball was kind of moving around getting guys involved. Um, much different than what we saw in the Steve Nash offense uh, that he was running, 
when Kevin and Kyrie were both out there. Um, it just seemed more fluid. The guys seemed like they were really more together uh, on this road trip. This five-game road trip, I think they were three and two on the road trip, I believe. Um, and it just seemed like he was happy to play basketball. Even some of his comments that he made after the game, he talked about how uh, there's no better place he wanted to be right now in this moment than on a basketball court playing competitive basketball against a great team. And it showed. Uh, so, you know, I just want to tell KD, man, you know, after having a chat with you and seeing how things were going, hang in there, stay on top of your game. Uh, he's going through a lot off the court with his team. But on the court, uh, they're gelling. They're, they're coming together. So it'll be interesting to see once Kyrie comes back from suspension, if he comes back, and what kind of happens with that situation. But I'm um, here to report to all of you guys that Kevin is Kevin's going to be okay. Um, Kevin's going to be just just fine. You know, he was he was hard on himself by missing those free throws, uh, which, you know, rightfully so. I mean, he could have tied the game, but at the same time, he just seems like he's having some fun out there playing basketball in the midst of everything else that may be going on. So shout out to KD. Make sure you guys check out that interview. Uh, if you're listening live, give us a call, 516-387-1673. Uh, let's, turn, let's turn into the topic I really want to discuss on today's show, and that is the Indianapolis Colts and their owner, uh, Jim Ursay. So you talk about a week of change, right? Uh, we always talk about things change from day to day, moment to moment. Uh, 24 hours and 24 hours. Well, let, let's just recap the week that Jim Irsay has had uh, here and uh, with his NFL team, the Indianapolis Colts. Number one, he benches Matt Ryan to put in a rookie, uh, not for one game, but for the rest of the season. They fire the offensive coordinator uh, when they do that. And then he fires the head coach after they lose a game on Sunday. Um, they get They get their – butt kicked on Sunday uh, with his new quarterback, and, uh, and now they fired the head coach. And in the same day he fires the head coach over the phone, he hires an ex-player, uh, five-time pro bowler, uh, center, Jeff Saturday, who was currently employed at the time he got employed as a head coach. He was currently employed as an ESPN analyst, um, and he's never coached anywhere above the high school level, uh, private high school level, uh, as, as far as his coaching experience goes. And now he's literally the interim head coach of the Indianapolis Colts with half the season left. So naturally, we have to wonder, how does this happen? What, what, what's going on in the mind of this, of this crazy owner uh, to do these type of things? And, you know, a couple of things I want to touch on is, Number one, you know, Ursa does have a track record for kind of beating to his own drum. And I've heard the analysts talk. I've heard people kind of give their opinions on uh, maybe he's just seriously just tired of, you know, uh, the way things have been going over the last five years. You know, if you think about it, he hired Frank Reich, which wasn't his first choice. He wanted Josh McDaniels at first. That didn't happen. Josh took the job and then a a few moments later denounced the job. So Frank Reich wasn't his first coach. And then since Andrew Luck kind of retired all of a sudden, they've had like a new quarterback in there almost every year. They did Phillip Rivers. They did Carson Wentz. Uh, they did Matt Ryan. Now Sam Ellinger's got the job. Um, 
Jacoby Brissett was in there at one point in time. I mean, they've had so many different quarterbacks they tried to resurrect uh, because Frank Wright's track record or pedigree was that he is the quarterback whisperer, quote unquote. Um, and yet he has not had the production out of the quarterback position out of any of those guys uh, throughout this tenure as a head coach. So maybe this is a move to kind of like, okay, let's, let's lose as many games as we can. Let's draft a guy. That's where we have our success. You know, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, those have been our big successes. Let's just do it that way. But it's just it, it's just so odd. Like, you've, I've never seen, I don't think anyone's seen a guy go from uh, literally talking about the coach on TV as an analyst to now a head coach in the middle of a season with nine games left to go. Just, just imagine if you were a coach on that coach's staff, if you're a position coach, who uh, took the job, has been working there, uh, or worked at other teams, and now you have to sit back and, and look at a head coach who's never had any coaching experience in the college or pro, like never been a position coach, never been an equipment manager, uh, never been the video guy. I mean, this is like, it's crazy. I'm, I'm trying to remember a time in sports when this has happened, uh, Forget about being successful now. The only the only thing that comes to mind is, you know, when Jerry hired Jimmy out of college, that was always met with a lot of like, hey, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. That worked out okay, I would say, um, depending on, you know, how much he fought uh, Jerry for what happened at the end of that Super Bowl. But needless to say, it's a whole different episode. The other one I thought about was Eric Spolster. You guys remember when they hired Eric Spolster straight out of the video room? No real coaching experience before, but he was a video guy, breaking down tape, putting tape together for Pat Riley. Um, that was a comfort move, right? That, that was kind of getting somebody in there that you know is going to do things the way you want to do them. And to me, what Ursay has done is really a, a comfort move for him. He wants somebody he's good friends with, somebody he's a buddy with, somebody he thinks can be motivational to these guys somebody that the fans could just, you know, tolerate. Um, but he's setting them up for disaster. I mean, that's the bottom line. He's setting them up to really lose games. I mean, there's no way you could come in middle of the season and have any success when you've never had, you've never had the responsibility before of putting together a schedule, getting a team together, having uh, meetings. I mean, they don't have an offensive coordinator, so who's going to call plays? It's going to be him. It's going to be, you know, somebody he brings in. It's it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Um, and I, I think we're in for a wild ride with this one, too. Now, I've heard people bring up the whole, you know, the Rooney Rule. The Rooney Rule only applies in, in between uh, the offseason when you're hired for a head coach. For an interim coach, you do not have to follow the Rooney Rule uh, for that. I also want to point out, too, that, you know, Ursay does have a track record of hiring black coaches, too. I mean, he hired Tony Dungy, he hired Jim Caldwell right after that. So he has a track record in place. I want to make sure I point that out. Um, But why Jeff Saturday? You know, in my opinion, if you're going to go back in time and look for coaches to hire, you should have called Peyton. (laughs) You should have called him first. I don't know. I, I don't know if the word has been out. Did he call Peyton? Did he try him first? Uh, but it would have been my first call called Peyton Manning. And then from there, maybe I'll call Jeff Saturday after, the, after that. Uh, but I understand Reggie Wayne's on the staff, too. You could have promoted him to interim. 
Uh, but why Jeff Saturday? And, and to me, it's it's, it's kind of like this is a guy I get along with. This is a guy I'm comfortable with. Uh, this is a guy I can have a beer with after the game, talk shop, uh, know what's going on. Um, it's a comfort move for him, you know. And, and when you're when you're a billionaire owner of a football team, uh, when you're a member of that NFL club, uh, you know, similar to being a knight. In America, when you're in that club, you can basically do whatever move, comfort move you want to do. There's no doubt about it. You don't you don't have to ask for anyone's permission. And he actually said in the press conference, which ironically they held right in the middle of Monday Night Football, he said that, you know, this is my decision, right? I, I can only hold myself accountable for what happens. It doesn't matter what happens. This is my team. I can do what I want. So interesting here is this is going to be good show material for the rest of the season. I can tell you that. So we'll talk about it more. Uh, let's, let's jump around here. Again, give us a call, 516-387-1673. Uh, join the show, 516-387-1673. Let's jump to college football because we haven't talked about that in a long, long, long time. So they did release the – New uh, rankings for the CFP for college football playoffs. And the top four teams now, after a, a wild Saturday, are Georgia number one, Ohio State number two, Michigan number three, TCU number four, right? The four real undefeated teams are right there in the top four. Uh, they also have Tennessee at five, Oregon at six, LSU at seven and two, after a win over Alabama at seven. USC at eight, uh, Georgia, Alabama at nine, and then Clemson at ten. Um, this, let's just go back to Alabama. Let's, let's, let's just put a pin in there for one second, if we can. I want to speak more directly about TCU, the team here locally. Um, that's really our best shot here in Texas of getting into the CFP. And TCU has been so close so many times uh, getting there. Um, let's not forget when they were so close one time and Baylor knocked them out or um, they ended up being the fifth team after after having a great season before under Gary Patterson. So this is this is not new territory for them. But if they can run the table and get in, uh, that is such a huge deal for a small school in Fort Worth, Texas with TCU, um, especially with now with – Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12. There's some jockeying for position on who's going to carry that that league now, and it could be TCU. Uh, very likely could be TCU. If you look at their schedule, they, to me they've got the toughest schedule out of the four remaining, um, in my opinion, because their, their last three games, they've got Texas on Saturday. Uh, after that, I believe they play – yeah, after that, they play Baylor the following Saturday, and then, of course, Iowa State to end the season, and still have to play the Big 12 championship game, which could likely be against Texas again. It could be against Baylor again. Um, it could be against Oklahoma State. You know, that, that it, there's a lot of scenarios where they're going to be playing another rival team, like a fourth Big 12 game, uh, when they play their Big, Big 12 championship. So they, to me, have the hardest schedule left to go. That Texas game is not going to be easy. Uh, the Baylor game is not going to be easy. That's a rivalry game for them. And anytime you have to play Iowa State, just, just be ready. 
is the main thing is be ready. Um, it's going to be very, very, very interesting for, for sure for those remaining three games. But I think they have a chance. But to me, that Texas game and that Baylor game, the next two weeks are going to be their hardest two weeks because you've got such a target on your back at being undefeated, right? This is a time when they're really going to come after you with everything they have. When you look at the other four, you know, Ohio State and Michigan State, they, they're going to play each other at some point. Um, so they, they'll cancel each other out, kind of like Georgia and Tennessee. We'll know which one of those teams will make it in there. That's why I'm pretty confident that there's only going to be one Big Ten team in the CFP this year, um, but there very well may be two SEC teams, depending on you know, LSU and what they do in terms of the uh, SEC championship game. Uh, They're going to play Georgia, I'm pretty sure, in that game. So who knows what could happen there. But I'm telling you right now, um, the Ohio State-Michigan game is going to tell us who's going to make it out of the Big Ten, one of those teams. And depending on how close it is, Michigan is probably the only other Big Big Ten team that can make it in there. I want to talk a little bit about Alabama, too. Alabama ranked at nine, I think, in my lifetime. Um, I've been around for the entire CFP. This is the lowest I've seen Alabama uh, in, in the rankings, for sure. I mean, two losses already in the season, and you still got to go play Ole Miss, who is ranked uh, right below you at number 11. And you still got and you still got to go play Auburn in the Iron Bowl. I mean, you still got to do that, too. So that's always a rivalry game. Um, so to me, they, they can lose another game. Now, if they lose three games, this talk about Alabama's dynasty being over, I thought was pretty premature, honestly. Um, but they lose three games, having the Heisman Trophy runner, Bryce Young, the defense that they have, um, they, things are going to start to be a question on how good is Alabama in comparison to the rest of college football. Uh, this conversation about has college football caught up with Alabama, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you can look around and see, but some of these other teams, there's no way that you cannot say that they have not caught up to Alabama. Um, and we'll see. Ole Miss is going to be a tough game. Auburn's going to be a tough game. We may dive deeper into the whole Nick Saban, and this year, this year it kind of started off kind of rocky even in the off season. We may get into that. But right now, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show with Dallas versus Green Bay and get into a couple other topics before we end. You're tuned in to RF Sports Radio right here on RFSportsRadio.com. everyone welcome back to the show rf sports radio you guys can join us at 516-387-1673 let's go ahead and land this plane today and talk a little bit about the dallas cowboys and their upcoming game against the green bay packers um as you guys know i'm an avid dallas cowboy fan um i'm a real fan though i've, I've kind of 
past the point of putting a lot of faith in this team. I kind of let the record tell me how good or how bad they are. They are 6-2 and two in a very competitive NFC East uh, division where they're trying to, you know, keep pace with the Giants, but also uh, somehow, some way, perhaps try to catch the Philadelphia Eagles, which is going to be harder and harder as they continue to win. But they got a game against the Green Bay Packers, a road game up in Green Bay, and uh, this will be tough. The, 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 the what, way I feel is that this is going to be – it's going to be what they call a trap game uh, at the highest proportions. I really wish that Green Bay would have lost to Detroit. I mean, beat Detroit uh, before going into this game. But with that loss against Detroit, the chatter that's about Aaron Rodgers right now, the fact that they've lost five straight um, makes me very nervous about this game as a trap game. I know Dallas is coming off a bye week. Uh, Mike McCarthy has a great track record of coming off a bye week. But let's face it, he's going back to Green Bay, too. Um, he's going to be facing uh, his own demons from being in that stadium, uh, being across from Aaron Rodgers, uh, being in Green Bay, a place he won a Super Bowl at. His mind is going to be on many different things, supersize just that game in hand. So to me, this is the ultimate trap game for the Cowboys. Uh, I don't care what Green Bay's record is. I don't care what Aaron Rodgers has to say about the team and the receivers that he has to throw to. They will be ready to play. Uh, this will be a very, very tough game. I don't know what the line is, uh, but I'm not going to pick a winner in this game, honestly. I think this is a full trap game for the Cowboys. Uh, and then although I do say that, they continue to surprise me. The defense in particular continues to surprise me uh, for sure. The pass rush will be dominant. It will be up to the defense to win this game. Uh, the pass rush will be there for sure. Our uh, secondary is going to have an opportunity, of course, with the receivers that they have. They can't really get open one-on-one. Uh, Dobbs, I believe, has already been ruled as out for that game. So now uh, the secondary should be able to tee off. The pass rush should be able to tee off and confuse Rodgers. But, you know, again, going up to Green Bay, to Lambeau, Five-game lose streak, you think it's going to be an easy cakewalk game, and you get surprised like everybody else does in the NFL from time to time. So, to me, it's, it's the ultimate trap game. So, my prediction is uh, I think Dallas will win by a field goal or less. I'm going to pick them to win, but I think it will be a tough game. Uh, get ready. You're going to have to watch the whole game. Uh, so, get comfortable. And, uh, get your nap in early because, trust me, you will be watching – the entire game, for sure. Uh, the Mavericks, they're on the road this uh, week. Let's see. I think they play the Magic tonight, uh, which will be a good game. It's a good game when they play here in Dallas. They got the Magic, and then tomorrow they play the Washington Wizards, and then Saturday back home for the Trailblazers, which a game we'll probably be at also. But until next time, make sure you guys tune in next Monday for another edition of RF Sports Radio. Thank you guys for tuning in. Follow us online. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube. But until next week, be safe and talk to you guys later.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.